I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no kata. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Well, we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, Corinne? Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Yeah. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Whoops. Little disclaimer, Chris Derrick is out today. He's on script. You better go get it, Chris. I see you. Get it, Chris. Um, and Lisa is out busy doing her little thug. This or whatever she's doing. I don't know. Sure, you can tell me. <laughs> I ain't got no sense in what she doing. Um, anyway, she's doing good stuff, though. We love her. Hope she's good. Um, uh, let me see. Let me see. There's a bunch of, bunch of good shit going on. A lot of stuff happening. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something kind of funny, too. As soon as I do, here come the damn. Hear that? It's a ghetto bird all yep. out there everywhere. Yep. Welcome to Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cannot be avoided. Exactly. Anyway, so if you guys are growing, let's go ahead and get into the show. So today, we got my girl on the show out here doing big things on her way up. I like to catch people when they're on the way up. You know that, right? So that's why people are like, how can you have more showrunners? Like, because sometimes they're not as interesting to me. Mm. I like to get people when they're grinding mm. or when they finally just sold something or they finally got on a show. You know, they just have more to say and they're more excited about it. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they've already, showrunners have been interviewed hundreds of times or like, oh, it's just another podcast. They've got PR people telling <laughs> exactly. what to say. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get into the show. So, today we got my girl, Corinne yep. Van. Vleet. Corinne Van Vleet. Bam. It's a, it's a mouthful. I know. There it is. It's like a tongue twister, too. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, writer herself out here doing things out here in Hollywood. Um, today, we're going to talk about um, the support staff on TV shows, uh, films, you know, even agencies, like all that stuff like that, working with managers. Mm-hmm. Um um, the new IATSE thing that's happening. Actually, unfortunately, by the time this comes out, we'll know. That's right. Yeah. Um, but we can still talk about it because somebody might be behind. You know how folks are hearing as well. Um, welcome to the show, Corrine. Thank you so much. I'm on the rant room. <laughs> <laughs> what? I know. Sorry, Chris and Lisa aren't here You know, to celebrate, but it'd be a nice one-on-one between you and I. Yeah. You I'm... know, we'll have a nice little conversation. I love it. Yeah. So let's tell everybody where you're from and how you got into the game. So I was born in the like western suburbs of Chicago. Okay. So don't say Chicago if you're from the suburbs, people. Don't do it. Uh, and I moved like every three to four years growing mm-hmm. up. So I'm not really from anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's how I kind of look at it. Um, and I'm military or something, or what was it? No, mm. no. Um, my dad's a business guy, and he okay. just went where the job was, or where the raise was, or where mm-hmm. the you know next best opportunity right. was. And um, my parents are from a really small farm town in upstate New York. And they didn't want to stay there. So they weren't really attached okay. to a location so much right. as like a goal okay. of 
Follow the money. This, follow the money, <laughs> never be poor again. Was kind, of, was kind of the jam. So, um, so I've been in LA for 10 years. So now this is the longest I've lived anywhere. So mm. LA feels like the most home to me because none of my family still lives where we, any of the places we lived. Okay. So, did, did you always know you wanted to be a writer? Inside, yes. Mm -hmm. I will say I always had my, you know, feelings being processed on the page somewhere. <laughs> uh, but professionally, no. Okay. Um, I was groomed to be a, you know, a corporate, a corporate business person who followed the money. As she folds her hands, like she's all cute and nice yeah. and stuff. No, get as well, she'll cut you, she'll cut you, y'all. Yeah. Watch out. <laughs> I might look proper, but I'm not. Um, so, uh, so I, I did the thing. I went to business school. I had my school paid for. It was mm -hmm. hard to say no to mm -hmm. as a young person who had no clue what to do. Right. So I sold, I worked for a, an insurance broker mm. for a few years. For a few years. Wore a suit, you know, like did the thing, mm. straightened my hair mm -hmm. and hated it, hated it, hated <laughs> it. And drank, you know, and just like escaped and just, um, so one day I was, I was, leaving the like high-rise building in downtown Chicago mm -hmm. on my bike mm -hmm. and I wiped out really? skid across the concrete and had like a movie moment mm. of like what the fuck am I doing mm. with my life like really what am I doing I'm right. I was 27 you know so you're like oh my god I'm already 27 which <laughs> I, had, I had the same sorry to try I no. had the same moment of why i should start my own company and start producing so it's funny go ahead a, a bike like a no like i was a, i was actually picketing during during the 2007 2008 at paramount yeah and um a friend i had just written this script and a friend of mine big producer had read it, and we were just talking as we were walking around and he was like hey have you ever thought about turning that thing into like a short or into like a whatever there's this cool little moment in there where this mm. little sequence could just be like its own little thing and i was like no <laughs> you know what i mean yeah three months later we're out picking i'm like fuck I need to do something. I remember looking up mm. and it was that same, like, you need to be your own boss. Fuck Hollywood. Fuck waiting for them. It was yeah. that same thing. And then, you know, when I ended up making that thing and seven, eight months later, it was critically acclaimed. So I was like, wow. well, there you go. So that's what happened. So I actually, in that moment, didn't connect the movie moment to writing movies. Okay. I, I took a much longer path, which <laughs> would have been cool if that had actually clicked. Right. But I... Um, did like some soul searching, you know, white people do some soul searching and shit. Um, and started therapy and like, you know, all the all the things that I I don't know, I tried everything. Mm -hmm. And um, decided to get a master's degree in clinical psychology. And you went back to school again. I went back to school and wow. not for writing. Mm. So I have two full degrees in not writing. Okay. But And that was in what? That was in um, like what year? No, no, no. Oh. What what was the study? I'm sorry, you said. Oh, yeah. So I got a master's in clinical psychology and addiction counseling. Oh, interesting. So I like worked in rehabs okay. to help people stop using drugs and shit. Okay. So I loved it. It was very okay, fulfilling. This should be coming in really handy for you to get staff. That's what I'm that's huh. so I don't have a degree in writing, but I have right. life experience that I have found that very few writers have. Mm -hmm. So it kind of positions me. And then for I sure. view the business as a business because yeah. I was trained to, you know, in that mm -hmm. way too. So, mm -hmm. um, so I was working at, a, so that, that was in Chicago. Um, I got my master's and worked at Hazelden, which is now Hazelden Betty Ford. Okay. So it's like, you know, people know about it. Mm -hmm. <coughs> uh, but I wanted to be in LA and 
rehabs in LA are a plenty. <laughs> so, one on every corner. One on every corner. It's like Starbucks now. Exactly. And if if it were my child ever, hopefully not, that needs to go to rehab, LA's not the place to go to mm. rehab. Okay. So anyway, people with money send their kids here, and I worked with a lot of those kids and got really burnt out and mm. started freelance writing on the side and like found a company that worked with a bunch of rehabs in California. Mm-hmm. And so I built up this book of business to where I could quit my job, mm. write full time on my own schedule, play beach volleyball, <laughs> live in Venice. It yeah. was like, okay, what's the catch? You know, <laughs> there wasn't one for a while. It was all a dream. It was, yeah. I know now I'm like, why did I stop? Like, the hustle was easy. Uh, I was in great shape and I was tan and all the things. Um, anyway, but I had a neighbor in Venice who owns an acting studio mm-hmm. and she was for comedy. So she was getting the blackish scripts and the modern family scripts and everything right then that was getting produced that right. week. Mm-hmm. So I started reading all of them and I was like, this is pretty dope. Like, let me see if I can do this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if comedy has ever been my forte, but I'm more of like a dramedy okay. writer. So, mm-hmm. so that, so I just started reading everything and joining groups and panels and soaking it all in Mm -hmm. and uh joined a writer's group that uh mickey fisher had been in oh really and this was right during extant oh so your girl finds mickey fisher speaking on a panel and she goes up to him afterwards and Mm -hmm. she says like hey i'm corinne from the coronet writers group and if you know about mickey he's so nice Mm -hmm. and generous i follow him okay Mm -hmm. yeah so you know on twitter Mm -hmm. and stuff he's so generous uh so he gave me his email address Mm. And I followed up with him like every couple weeks as they mm-hmm. were figuring out season two and new showrunner and all that. Right. And finally, there was a writer's PA job opening. Mm. And I had no idea what that was. And I was damn near 30 years old mm-hmm. and like jumped on it, you know. And uh, for the people out there who don't know, mm-hmm. what is the duty of a writer? Now, it could be different on every show, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it's the same thing. Right? I think for the most part, it's the same. In general, like, I guess the difference would be on that show, we were we were in production on the Paramount lot. Mm-hmm. Halle Berry is there. You know, it's right. like it was it was fast paced and highly intense. So mm-hmm. my job was to get the showrunners breakfast, get the order for lunch mm-hmm. for like, I think we had 15 people total, like writers, support staff, showrunners, everyone who would order lunch. Right. Um, so I had to know everybody's allergies. <laughs> I knew everybody's favorite snacks. I knew what milks they used in their coffee. I knew what coffee they wanted. I knew who drank coffee in the afternoon. You know. Hold on, hold on. Uh-huh. For y'all who don't know, uh-huh. you've heard it. This is real shit. People do not like their stuff not being right. They do not like They it. do not. And you know, <clears throat> the good thing about that as a support staff person, especially a PA, is if you learn that about them, mm-hmm. Oddly, you can easily build a relationship with them Mm -hmm. because they see that you care, Mm -hmm. even though it's your job. There's a lot of PAs, I think, who don't, you know, it's like the half and half is out and they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, sorry. And I'm like, oh, my God, I have to run to 7-Eleven this moment. Right now. And I did it on my way to work every day, you know, so it's those little things that make writers so happy. Mm -hmm. And as someone who has, you know, gone up the ranks a little bit. Mm When I'm stressed out in the room as the writer's assistant and someone brings me like the drink that I like, it, you could cry sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's so, it feels really 
you know, I'm going to tell, tell you nice. a, little, a little sidebar. <clears throat> so I just interviewed my friend Sean Carter Peterson. He's, he's an actor. You've seen him on TV and all kind of stuff. And actually this, this week's episode. And, and we talk about toward the end because now he's been producing a lot of stuff. And I was telling him about lots of little tricks and secrets and things that I used to do on lower budgets to get like a, a name in my movie or to get, you know, to get that particular DP or whatever. <clears throat> and I was telling him about little, one of the things that I do is something similar to what you're talking about. Mm. I always say this, the best producer is somebody who thinks like a fish. Mm. So that means mm. I put myself in your position, right? Okay, we're not paying them as usual 1200 a day, right? We're only going to give them 250 or 450 or whatever the thing is, right? So what would I want? Right. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get my trailer today because we're shooting in a house. Well, we're going to use that bedroom and that's just their room. Right. It's like little things that I do. I get them, even though they never sit in it, they get a director's chair. Yeah. Right. Little things you go out of your way for. And then I do this about a week before I call. This is on a, you know, $200,000 project. It's not a lot of money. Yeah, it doesn't matter. So I call my DP, my director, my two or three, whoever the leads are. And I'm like, hey, is there anything you need on the set that's mm -hmm. going to make you cool? when we're in a pinch. For example, if I'm directing something, here's what I want. I know I'm sidebarring, but it'll come back. No, this is great. This is wonderful. I said, for example, if I'm directing, here's what I want. I want some red vines. Yeah. Right? And I want a hot chocolate from Coffee Bean. So what I do, I don't go get it. One of my PAs or something, I'll send them to go get that separate little stuff. And they'll put it by Crafty with your name, and Corinne's, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And you come to the set, and they go get it. They beeline it to your room. And when you go in there, your clothes are in there, all that stuff, just like you do on a regular set. Mm -hmm. But we're doing it on a smaller scale, yeah. right? And you walk in, and they hand that to you. It's that feeling you were just talking that about. Feeling. And they're like, I will do anything for this person. And to know that they you were heard. would think of me like that, right. yeah, there's mm -hmm. something about it that, I think you had said this before we started, but mm -hmm. if you share something, you're the other person's more likely to share about themselves. It's Correct. kind of that same thing. Right. It's right. like, you you have your little Mariah Carey moment, but just with one or two things, you know, mm -hmm. and you're asking for like green M&Ms and right. whatever, like really specific things, but it, it can be one thing. Be, just, and, and I'm also telling them about, this This is the key though, it's something simple. It's always something simple. You know what I mean? People be like, oh, well, they expect you to have, you know, a giraffe in their trailer. Right. No, <laughs> right. it's something simple. Yeah. I even gave you what I would need. So now you know that I'm, I'm asking you about something simple. Mm -hmm. You know, it's maybe 20 extra bucks or whatever. It's not going to kill you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not asking you to give you something crazy every day and there's like this weird thing. But it's something that I could do and, you know, find it in budget to make it work. Or sometimes I did it out of my own pocket. You know what I mean? Yep. But I knew they were happy, so I was cool with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So anyway, back back to you. No, it. I that would be when, you know, when people reach out to me um, who are looking for support staff jobs and mm -hmm. want to know... Uh, any advice I have, that is my biggest go-to. Tell them. Tell it's, it's if you know if if you learn that the showrunner loved when you put all the beats for each writer's episode into a a final draft document. Mm -hmm. It is so easy to do, hmm. and it gains you all of this respect. Right. You know that even as the PA, I would find. I'm trying to think back now. It's it's luckily been a while since I was a PA because <laughs> it's not an easy job. Even no. on even on shows that are more chill, it's just not. It, I guess it's not hard, but it's not glamorous. Well, what other things do you guys have to do? Like, are they expecting you guys to clean the office when everybody leaves? Because I, I did some stuff, and 
the Rodney's PAs, we come in in the morning and look just like it left last night. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I would get in there and do it. Oh, but yeah. I'm anal, as you kind of see looking around my room. The Virgo? It's, yeah. The Virgo? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, so, and so I was always surprised. I was like, why wouldn't you have... This should be neat when we come here in the morning. But anyway, go ahead. Sir. No, yeah, that was... <clears throat> I learned real fast. So, so we were first on the CBS Radford lot when I was a PA. And we moved to the Paramount lot. Mm-hmm. And we took over a kitchen that a show had obviously just used and left. Mm. And I quickly learned that guess whose job it is to clean <laughs> to that kitchen. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's mine. Then it becomes a point of pride, mm. right? I'm a Taurus. I'm mm. not a Virgo, but yeah. I have that, you know. Uh, so to me, the, the writer's PA job was anything someone else is not doing that you notice mm. is falling through a crack mm-hmm. and no one's doing it, it's probably you. So just do it. And that goes to my saying, and I always say this all the time on my show when I'm talking about assistant work or, you know, PAs or anything. I always say, like when I'm shooting, I gather my five or six PAs together. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Do you, I'm like, here's the deal. If somebody drops it, your job is to pick it up. And I don't mean that to be a slave. Mm-hmm. What I mean it oh. to be, because they'll see me, you know, in the midst of we're making a move. I'm out there grabbing C-stands and whatever, whatever. I'm showing you I'm doing it, too. You know what I mean? Yep. Don't don't wait for me. Do what you see. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So 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 that's all I'm saying is be that guy, that girl in, in the room. Somebody drops it, you pick it up, you're standing right there. Yeah. You know, make it easier. That's your job. Make it easier for your showrunner. That you know? is everybody's mm-hmm. job in right. the writer's room, whether you're the writer's PA or the co EP mm-hmm. to me. That I mean, that's what I learned and that's what I think provides the best flow. Right. Like kind of regardless of the hierarchy, mm-hmm. which is what is a necessary evil and I think there's times where it's really great because you do know kind of your role right. but for the rest of the time that's ever that's it right there I agree with you 100% and and let's talk about this because there's there's I'm actually enjoying this this is kind of fun it's funny because there's so many different personalities in a room you know you get the one person who's very sweet and polite to you and might tip you on the side mm. and then you get that person who's like demanding and expecting you to give them all black coffee why is there cream you know you get all those different personalities like you were saying earlier you have to memorize what it is they want mm-hmm. there's another thing that happens though is and i'm speaking from the writer's pa and the writer's assistant and actually sometimes the script coordinator mm-hmm. they actually give you more than one job sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes you have to combine those jobs mm-hmm. you know, which they shouldn't, we all know. Correct. There should be one person for each one of those. Sometimes you guys are like out there doing fucking errands you ain't even supposed to be doing. Correct. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let's mm-hmm. get into that a little bit. You ain't got to say who, but, sure, sure, sure. you know, in general. Uh, I have never had to do bo- more than one job at once. I don't. I know a lot of people who have. And look, if you want a writer's assistant... Well, Mickey's organized, first of all. So <laughs> Mickey is organized. Yeah. Mickey doesn't... He's the nicest, mm-hmm. but he does not play. Like he, mm-hmm. he, you know, made sure I was taken care of. Although I guess when I was a PA, I was also his assistant. Okay. He was very low maintenance. I didn't really have to do anything for him, mm-hmm. but I guess I did have to. But people like, if you want a writer's assistant to also be a script coordinator, pay that person double or one that's- and a half or, you know, figure out something that's fair. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope this IATSE strike or hopefully it doesn't have to happen, but it seems... Seems like it's it seems inevitable at this yeah. point, but hopefully everyone can work with things like that. You know, it, it's human decency. Mm-hmm. It's 
and I think even as a staff writer, you know, this it's just real interesting that support staff, like I worked for a showrunner, love her, mm-hmm. would do anything for her still. Um, but she made a comment like, you all make the same amount that I made in the 90s. <laughs> like, can, can we do something about it? You're a really powerful woman who wow. has like multiple shows. But it's not her responsive it's not on her but just the fact that's the everyone knows that the rates haven't changed since the 90s yeah i mean and that's that's the fascinating part about it all to me is for some reason there's this thing about the 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 support staff area where even the showrunners who some of them were support staffs before they got there you think they would have the mindset to be like when i get there Here's what I'm going to do. But somehow you get caught up in the, I don't know if it's the hype or whatever, you get caught up in the the the, the title and the, the, the world that you're living in. You get busy. You become all those things and you forget. You know what the budget is. Yeah. You, well, you should. There have been a lot of showrunners that I've talked to who were like, and then I discovered when I saw it, when we went to production, I was like, y'all didn't see that yet? I would have been sitting down with the line for just day one. Because you have input. Why would you <laughs> exactly. not want? It's crazy. It's crazy. Just, I mean, I know the pace. I know there's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And yes. Yeah. I know. It's uh, a hard line. Well, I think, there's, I think there's several things that mm-hmm. happen. I think there's this mentality of like, when you reach a certain level, you don't want to acknowledge that you were support staff. Yes. I think there's like an ego sort yes. of thing. And I don't, I, I don't. Like, I get it. I get it. No, it's not glamorous. People, the way it's viewed is a problem, and the pay is a, a symptom of that, mm-hmm. I think. that You're still, barely making as much as somebody at Starbucks. And it's, I mean, it's crazy. I know. Mm-hmm. And no benefits. So. And no benefits. I mean, my PA job, I took home like 500 a week in Los Jeez. Angeles. I had to move out of the apartment I was in. I moved sure. into a room in a buddy's house because mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. didn't have a choice. I was right. like, I'm, I want to know what... <clears throat> this this is but damn 500 i mean it doesn't have to be and that that's that's the thing that i was trying to talk about i was talking with somebody about this the other day about the support staff and i'm like they say we don't have it in the budget which is the worst thing to say right i'm like you we all know they can find it in the budget to get that song and <laughs> to clear this thing to whatever they always have it for that or to, you know, to work out the negotiation with this upper level, you know, person or whatever, and they want this extra thing. They work that out. But for some reason, the support staff is still thought of as something that if they if they don't like it, we'll get somebody else. Exactly. There's a, I don't know what that is about Hollywood. I'm sure it's in all kind of other businesses, mm-hmm. but in ours in particular, it's at the center, you know, of what we do. Yep. And I think it used to be that you quote, paid your dues that way. Mm -hmm. And it was a path. You know, it was your writer's PA season one, your writer's assistant season two, script coordinator season three, season four, you're staffed, maybe sooner. And now I think so much of that has been lost that it has become the norm for for support staff to just have to be sort of grateful to be in that role Mm -hmm. without any, not that anyone has to promise you anything, but I, I think there used to be that hope and promise that this is taking you somewhere mm-hmm. maybe not on this same show but you know if you were a writer's assistant on 
Hilliard show and his friend gets a show, it's like, oh, I'll staff That was a hit her. show, by the That was a hit show. That was a hit show, that Hilliard show. <laughs> I saw it in the I lights, too. Bam, I'm on the Bam. lights. <laughs> I saw it flashing. That's a Kanye. That's a, that, that just reminded me of Kanye. But, you know, take it. Right. Get your name in lights. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the the... Oh, let me ask you this. Are you guys expected to be there before us and after we leave? Mm. So the writer's assistant on my first show recommended it mm-hmm. to me. You know, mm. Suggested that's what these showrunners like. She had worked for them before. Okay. It was a husband and wife team. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so, yes. Also, when we moved to the Paramount lot, I had the key to the main door. Oh, so, so you I had needed to, to be yeah, there. Yeah, they right, would only right. give us one. Right. So that was... Yes. That's a lot of responsibility too. Knowing knowing you're holding that key, that key and I woke up not feeling well this morning or whatever the thing is. You know I was I mean? sick once for 10 months <laughs> and it was after lunch one day and I was like I I have to go. Mm. And the next day I had to be there. Oh my god. I didn't no one mm. no one told me that. Right. But the culture on a lot of shows is But you're always worried too. about losing your job. And you're always worried about losing your job. Always. <sighs> yeah. I don't want to speak for everyone or mm-hmm. on every show I've worked on. Some shows I felt very secure with my position that I was very valued. Right. Other shows, yeah, mm-hmm. there's They're someone lying, waiting yeah. in line down the fucking <laughs> street if you don't want to do it anymore. Um, so let's move on to the writer's assistant job. Like, what? what is that? Yes, I know what it is. I'm asking her because <laughs> I got her here, so shut up. No um, one's doubting your intelligence. <laughs> like I said, I'm thinking like the audience, what are the questions here? Mm-hmm. What are the expectations of it? And here's, here's why I ask you this. Yeah. And I want to get into this too, is I always find everybody's trying to get the writer's assistant job and very few want this script coordinator's job. Mm. Like everybody's like, well, they're not writing. Like they, because it doesn't have writer in it, oh. they don't think that, and we'll talk about that oh. in a moment too. But that's what I found. People was like, well, I don't want to be a script coordinator. They don't even get to, all they, I was like, mm. yeah, you're the liaison between the studio and the network. You don't want that job? And you're not <laughs> working all the time either. You're yep. more on call. Yep. So it, it, and it's more money. Yep. I, I, I know some people, I know some script coordinators can get pigeonholed in that job. True. So yeah. I know that There's that's There's some people who make a career out of it. There is. Oh, yeah. And I think oh, yeah. that's great. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another reason that IATSE should fight so hard for, you know how it, Writers Guild, there's an increase mm-hmm. every few years yep. for the rates. There's just the minimum won't stay the same yep. for 30 years. Uh, I think that would be a great thing for that type of thing. Because who wouldn't want a script coordinator on their show who is making it their living? Devoting their right. self to it, not using it as a stepping stone. Like mm-hmm. what? A, so <sighs> all this stuff. Yeah. It, well, it's because the last show I worked on was season two of Castle Rock, okay. and I was referred to <clears throat> it by writers I worked with on Sharp so Objects. You did a good job on another show. I always <laughs> do a good job. Did everybody hear that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I always do. <laughs> uh, no, so. That's how I've gotten all my jobs, is word mm-hmm. of mouth. I've had one job interview, really. That's that was good. that writer's PA job. Right. Um, it is. It, it's. It's. There's so many good and bad things about support staff jobs. You know, that's one of the good things. Mm-hmm. Um, the bad thing is you can get a little. People can look at you as support staff if you work for them. Yep. So anyway, when I worked on season two of Castle Rock, I came in mid-season. Okay. Their writer's assistant had left, and I kind of picked up on some things and angled myself to ask if I could do a co-write, if I could mm. co-write an episode. 
and I got it. Mm. And so now I'm kind of in that weird place where I'm IOTSE and WGA mm-hmm. and I'm not above taking a support staff job, but it is like what we were talking about that right. people, <clears throat> you kind of have to say, I'm a writer mm-hmm. now, you know, like I've yeah. always been, right. but you kind of have to show people, you kind of have to teach people how to view you. Well, you're, 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 I talked about, I talked about this on one of my recent episodes. I was talking, cause I'm in a pivot right now as I was telling you mm-hmm. offline. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so, you know, I went almost 10 years of my career working in the indie world you know, which is how I sustain this office, and I do a lot of independent stuff, mm-hmm. and and making a good living for myself. But I was like, okay, it, I just knew it was time to become network, mm-hmm. right? And one of the reasons is I ran into like Lena, Lena Waithe, and we were talking to you like, when you gonna get you? When you gonna be on a show? When you gonna be on a network show? And I was like, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, when you gonna hire a brother? She was like, yeah, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? So we were just fucking with each other. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, yeah, like, maybe it's time for me to get on a network show type of thing, right? So. When I did, my reps were like, why are you taking this low level? You're already an EP. Why are mm. you taking this job? And <clears throat> I was like, trust me, I'm doing this so that I now I can develop for all these other big people who I know who are like waiting for me to get some network, whatever the crap. They don't realize I'm actually doing the same thing with just less people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's it. The turnaround's different. Less people. Same shit. And more responsibility, <laughs> arguably. I got to run the thing. You got to run the thing. You're already <laughs> you know the thing. Yeah. yeah and, and so yeah. anyway... Um, and so that's kind of what happened. So I took the job, mm-hmm. you know, and and took it going, hey, if I do this, you got to bump me big time next time. And he was like, bet, right? Yeah. Because I knew who they were. They knew me, blah, blah, blah. So we didn't get two. So I was like, okay. So I told my reps, don't worry. I'm going to use this play to develop with all these people. So that's what I've been doing the last three years. Yeah. Then nine of them, you know, all these big shows that could be, if they sold, yeah. could have done some shit for me. And some of them are on the if come deal thing. If if it comes, you're going to be co-produced, co-EP. You're going to be EP on this one. So I had all these things. Sorry, I had all these things sustaining me to stay in that world and mm. still doing my you know, assignments on the side. And so I'm just burnt now. Now I'm just like, put me back on the show. But now I'm like, in that moment you were talking about is you're not in a point where your your head is big enough where you wouldn't take another support staff deal. And I'm like still trying to get my head into the space of can I take a, a story editor, uh, you know what I mean, or ESE position right. on what I know, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, you might have to, you know what I mean, at, at this kind of a state, you know. And so, so I'm, I have to almost shift my meetings that I've been having lately, mm. you know, for staffing is like, how do I? I'm not talking about my producing stuff. I'm talking about writing yeah you know what i mean so like i have to like really like reef shift it but i always sneak it in there a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> don't fucking get who you fucking with <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying i could go and do the show too just like you <laughs> you know what i mean that's and i don't know why it, it's like lena was the same writer mm-hmm. before everybody knew her name as she is now but now she's like oh my god lena everyone wants to mm-hmm. everyone could have wanted to work it, it, it's interesting that clout we attach oh yeah and until you have that you you know might have to if it's a pay cut for you to be a story editor Mm -hmm. you're kind of expected to sort of be grateful because it's tv right you've only been a staffer which like again it's one of those things i can see both sides of but it's real frustrating yeah yeah and 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 you have to learn to and, and i i openly admit some of it is ego you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm used to running things. I'm used to being in on the mm. meetings. I'm not used to sitting at the table and then they go and do a sidebar. I'm like, what do you, 
I ain't, y'all don't, yeah. I got an opinion here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I might can help you on some shit, you know? And so it's it's yep. it's a weird thing. And that, I was actually dealing with that a lot on my last show. I was literally mm. sitting there going, okay, I know how to fix this thing mm. right here, you know, but it's not my place That's, in this moment. Yep. You know, it's just, and I do know how to ride my lane and I never gave attitude. I never did, you know, and I, y'all, y'all, never did any of that. Yeah. I just kept it here and was like, okay, well, and then they come back and they figure it out, you know? And so, so there was a lot of that stuff that I was dealing with a lot of times. And um, mm-hmm. my hope that I keep praying for, you know, to the universe and God and whatever else is put me where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. If that is just another, you know, story editor or whatever, hit it. cool, I'm a roll with that. Just mm-hmm. make sure it's the type of show I'm supposed to do where I can shine, you know. And one of the, it's because I had this conversation with um, Malcolm Spellman, and I believe he was telling me he came in on, Empire, I want to say it was that co-producer or producer level, one of them. And, you know, he's already written movies stuff, so he had a little bit more, you know, clout. Mm. <clears throat> and so when he came in on Empire, um, I believe he came in on that mid-level area. But in two years, he was pretty much, you know, co-show or whatever. Mm. And it's like, he, and it's like, Hill, you got that too. You got that thing where people are like, oh, we need this dude. Mm. You know, he knows too much. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like you have to put yourself in that lower, right. quote, lower position right. to showcase that so the right people see it right. because you can't really just tell people that's mm-hmm. where I belong. Right. You know, it's it's like a show don't tell thing, but it, it's time and it's, mm-hmm. you know, all mm-hmm. those things. But So that's my dilemma that I've been having is, you know, I'm in that 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 thing where I'm like, God, I got to re-tell myself a whole nother, <laughs> you know what I mean? I so, mean, I mm-hmm. relate wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I, I'm kind of similar i'm requesting from the powers that be that the next show i'm on Ha-la-la-la. there you go boom oh, oh. <laughs> look you didn't even know you, you had know, it did so you look bam you're supposed to get a job tomorrow bam <laughs> <laughs> bring it to me but like uh make sure like if i have to i guess that's not the right attitude but if it's a writer's assistant script coordinator job mm-hmm. just make it the show that there's growth on mm, make it the it. show that i love you right. know or that i'm learning something from because I think I've also kind of gotten, I worked on Castle Rock, Sharp Objects. Um, someone put me up for a job on American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. It just oh, wasn't. Love that job. It's not, just not my thing. <laughs> no, that's like, fine. Everybody has their aesthetic. You know? I <clears throat> love the O.J. Simpson impeachment show. Like, uh, Ryan yes. Murphy's on my list. Yes. But I just didn't want to get into that horror mm-hmm. space. I know you love that. And if you love ever it. want connections to people who I've worked with, happy to do love it. it. Um I just know that that's not my my strength. Okay. Like I co-wrote on Castle Rock and it mm-hmm. was much more challenging than creating my own whole entire pilot. You know, it was mm-hmm. just, it was, it's, I tried it. It's, it was cool. I love the people I worked with. Um, I feel like I'm doing the disclaimer of like, if anyone's <laughs> listening, don't worry, I love you. But, but really that I, I don't, you know, I've been, put up for jobs and put up for jobs. And so most of the people I know have worked on this similar types of shows. Right. Uh, but I'm with you that I'm like, okay, let me just put out there exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to live with ego and be like, it has to be a staff writer right. job on a, this level right. show where I make right. this amount of money. Yeah. Like, it let me just a have it show. be. It has to be right. Like, we got to be nominated for Emmy. Look. Right. Like <laughs> I, you're doing extra now. You're doing extra. <laughs> doing, right. Now you're asking for too exactly. much. Like just ask for one thing. Um, the show woke though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I this would be a whole lot, whole too much backstory, but 
that's a show that I, I I'm writing basically the white people version of that, teaching okay, white people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how their unchecked privilege <laughs> is hurting people of color. So I wanted to say that like I I'm not the natural. It, it, when you look at me or mm-hmm. see the things I've worked on, that's not a natural fit. Yeah. But I want something like that that has a message, that mm. has a purpose. You want to say something. I want to say something. Okay. And I want to educate... White folks. My <laughs> white folks. I want to educate white folks. <laughs> I, I feel a responsibility. Mm-hmm. So... That's good. So, but in that type, you know, so... But it tells me a lot about you, though. You know, I think that's that's the important thing. Mm. You know, <clears throat> I always I'm always telling writers, emerging writers, writers in general, who are you as a writer though? You got to know that thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At the core, here are the things that I like to write. Here are the yeah. themes. Here's the style. Here's the world. Whatever it is, and I'm gonna go. Okay, I get you. Yeah. You know. And the cool thing is, like I always say, I write underdog stories in the murder, death, kill world. But the cool thing about that is, within that scope. I go back to the 1800s. I go back to, you know what I mean? It's still a lot more, but the theme is still there. Yep. You'll still see it in every single thing I've ever written. In 40-something scripts I've written, you'll see the same thing Mm -hmm. somewhere in one of the characters, or it might be the main plot or whatever, but you'll see it throughout. And Mm -hmm. that's where you start to find that voice. You know what I mean? For sure. And that brings up another thing about being support staff is, Mm -hmm. for me, I went above and beyond quite frankly on almost all the shows I've worked on as support staff because I thought that's what would help me get to the next level but it didn't leave a lot of time for writing or a lot of energy for writing so I found myself co-writing an episode of Castle Rock and everyone Mm -hmm. being you know connecting me with their agent at CAA Mm -hmm. right before the agency thing happened (laughs) and then I couldn't sign with the CAA but um uh expecting that that's the next thing mm-hmm. like well you worked on these type of shows so just find agents and get on a show like that it's right. like that doesn't it wasn't mean your voice, anything though. to me yeah, yeah and it's not the passion's not there mm-hmm. so <clears throat> i got a set of notes from this writer daria politan mm-hmm. giving daria a shout out what's here. up daria she's dope <laughs> as fuck mm-hmm. uh she read me mm-hmm. and she kind of said like I know you and I'm not getting you from this script. Mm. So imagine people who don't know you, they're going to read it and they're not going to get right. your why. Mm-hmm. Your, you, you know, I, I listen to the podcast. <laughs> I hear the why. Uh, and that was April of 2020. So right when the pandemic hit and mm. I had nothing but time to. So you got to sit and really figure yourself out. <sighs> mm-hmm. It was so painful and right. so challenging, but <clears throat> the best few months. And like, quite frankly, I'm still fine tuning and still, mm-hmm getting that white version of woke it's called snowflake uh i'm still that's getting cute. that's cute okay it, it, yeah. it works right sorry sorry to drop you i apologize no go here's the thing i was thinking about was um <clears throat> sometimes like i say you probably have heard me say this many times i can't tell you how many i just had a writer come here the other day and he's a feature writer moving in tv he's done some things <clears throat> but and i asked him so how long does it take you to write, mm. you know, a feature? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think the last thing I did took me maybe a good eight, nine months. And I'm like confident about it. And I said, you shouldn't be doing TV. And he was like, surprise. And I said, 
let me explain to you why. Mm-hmm. So I went into this whole thing. You know how it works. I said, let's say I give, you know, you episode fucking, you know, Corinne episode 106. Corinne. Corinne. It's I apologize. Okay. Like Corinne Bailey I say Ray. It. I know. I, I know. say it like, a, like, you know, like I'm in the hood or something. Um, <laughs> Corinne. Got it. Nailed it. All right. <clears throat> so I'm going to give Corinne her episode 106. And what happens is we get to episode 105. And you know it's coming, and then something happened. We got to move 104 to 105 and 106 back to 107. I've seen it. Whatever. And I need you to do your outline tomorrow. Yep. And he was like, tomorrow? I was like, oh, you ain't did your research yet. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. I was like, you're not, you're not ready for this. And the one thing I will say, so I've done so many drafts of so many scripts over the last couple of years. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, it depends on where you are in the process. But when you're on a show... The major difference is you have all these collective heads right. with one leader who's deciding what all the beats are. Right. They might change, they might shift around, um, something might end up longer than expected, or, mm-hmm. you know, that changes, but you if you can't, yeah, if you can't crank out an outline based on beats that are established. They're all there. Th- that's the thing, so mm-hmm. the pace once everything's there. Right. That's the part that I think, when I've listened to the podcast, I want to sort of like, tweak or clarify or make mm-hmm. sure people really understand is like you're not coming up with the no. whole thing no. of an outline like you would at home by right. yourself or in your office right. but once you have your own beats done when you are breaking your own stuff mm-hmm. yeah you got to get that outline and then you got to get that script For because sure. it is the practice mm-hmm. uh but the pace of tv is no joke like when things are in production you're right it's <clears throat> And that's mainly what I'm talking about because you know, yeah. by the time you get to 106, we started shooting most of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's and what I mean. You're breaking 107. You're outlining, exactly. you're outlining 107, breaking 108. Like exactly. So yeah. um, the, the the machine is is going, but every blue moon something happens with the studio. They don't like a script, so they got to push something back. And and you might have worked your ass off on that outline and that script or whatever, and they'll be like, throw it away. It's gonna be a bottle episode next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or you thought you had the bottle, right? And then you don't, exactly. and it's like, oh, jeez. All right. Yeah, forget all that chasing. No dinosaurs in this episode. Right, right. Or something for one character changes right. on one hundred three, and you're one hundred six, and you're turning your outline in, and you got to change. Right. You know, it's like you have to, yeah, like right. be on your toes, ready. Because it can happen while they're shooting. It can happen. That affects you while you're writing now. Yes, and new pages can come out the right. next morning that you had to work on till four in the morning and be on set at six right. or whatever. For sure, for sure. Um, <laughs> so we're talking about the writer's assistant job. Now, what are you? What have you found is your... People are always like, oh, so you just sit there and take notes. Let's talk about the notes. What do the notes look like in general? What have you found is the most efficient way to do your notes as a writer's assistant? So... I think the natural thing that most people do when they first start is they just dictate everything. Mm-hmm. And bad, bad, bad. <laughs> I think there are some showrunners mm-hmm. out there who request that, but mm-hmm. unless your showrunner or showrunners have requested that, it's really not helpful. No. Especially if you're on staff and you're expected to, you know, read the notes again that night and you have your family, your dinner mm-hmm. making, your whatever other life you try to have, mm-hmm. which you're not going to really have when you're. Uh, on a show that's in production but um, if someone sends you 30 pages of like what I find helpful I have notes that have a table of contents that links the page number to everything Mm. the first detail yeah Yeah. but I got that template from uh, the first writer's assistant 
when I was a PA. That's she good. showed me everything. Mm-hmm. She taught me everything so I could fill in the room for her mm-hmm. when she was out a couple times. Mm-hmm. And then she put me up for the job on other shows because she saw I could do it. So that was cool. But uh, so it, not that it has to be that detailed, but if anybody wants that template, you can certainly reach out to me and I'll send it because so, I didn't create it. It's not mm-hmm. mine. And to share it. Um, but showrunners and writers have really liked it because even if you scan, let's say, 10 to 14 pages a night, mm-hmm. the next morning you're like, oh, shoot, what page was that thing on? Mm-hmm. Like, am I going to have to go back and look at all? No, you just go to the, the uh, table of contents. Hella hopeful. And you look at what the, you know, character on. Right. Whatever you might just want to look at, you know, Chris's character, and exactly. you might you can just get right to page seven, and there all the stuff is right there. Exactly. Oh, yeah, and if good. we've done any beats, if any beats are on the board, mm-hmm. um, you know, generally the rooms I've been in have used like the magnetic rectangles that mm-hmm. you can move around and dry erase. Right. So if any of those go up on the board, I'm typing them into the notes as at the top of the notes as their own section, oh, that's so that each day you can go back and look at like, wait, I thought that beat was the second beat. And then the day before it was, but today it's not, Ah, you know what I mean? You can reference. And then even if we did the beats, like at the end of the day, I'll put them at the top of the notes because that's really the most important Mm -hmm. thing. That's what you're building on the next day. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, you just learn little stuff like that. Like um, what else? I think the best ed notes advice for a writer's assistant is pretend like this is your pilot that you're working on at home Mm -hmm. and what would be you know if someone talks for five minutes and lets ideas come out and you just type those ideas you're not really digesting what that is Mm -hmm. and what that's going to be so digest as much I, I digest as much as I could and make it into more of a paragraph or a narrative maybe with some bullet points of mm-hmm. alts that people pitched that maybe didn't land right away, but somebody might find some gems in that later. And you don't, you don't have to go, Hilliard said, blah, 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 John said, you don't have to do that. You just write the pitch or the note or whatever it is. Right. right. I don't do that. I know some people do. And I've, uh, when I worked for Marty Knoxon, mm-hmm. I would put MN and then a colon because that writer's assistant I had worked before, had worked with, had worked with Marty before and said like that's something she likes okay. and I don't I never confirmed with Marty if that was true or not mm-hmm. but you I only just, did it for her though or you did it for I only her? did it for her okay that's fair because everyone else could sort of figure out who said what I right. think right or it was or it became a chunk of ideas <clears throat> from everybody rather than just like one person but mm-hmm. the at one point when I worked for Marty she had 47 shows on television <laughs> at the same time <laughs> so she wasn't when she was in the room, we were we were so focused that it was like capture everything that Marty said so that if she has to pop that over to another writer's room, yeah. we know what she said versus mm-hmm. us creating as many ideas as we can for when she's in the room to pitch. That's a really good note. You okay. know? Mm-hmm. So stuff like that. Um, do you have, is the writer's assistant expected to do any other duties outside of the notes and, you know, turning things in at night so that we get the pages the next day and stuff. What's, what's there anything else? I definitely took responsibility for the board. Mm-hmm. So if multiple people wrote on those dry erase cards, mm-hmm. I would take all new ones that night and rewrite <laughs> it so it was all in the same 
handwriting all oh, color coded because some people would just grab whatever marker was nearby when mm-hmm. the Hilliard character mm-hmm. is supposed to be in blue and mm-hmm. I'm like needs to be in blue because I also <laughs> I don't that's know good. if you're, that's good ADD you need that ADD for that shit I think yeah. I think you do mm-hmm. and same for script coordinator really there's a whole nother set of like detail oriented I was gonna get into that in a skills yeah. well while we're mm-hmm. still on this um, mm-hmm. I I'm guessing all writers assistants do this but I would take a picture at the end of the night of all the boards and attach that with mm-hmm. the notes email. I'm, I'm that's sure right. that's something everybody's doing, especially yeah. now with the phones that yeah. we all have with the cameras and everything. Uh, so you haven't, you haven't since the Rona, you haven't been in a room where you had to do the Zoom yet. Right. Ugh. Right. How the hell hope we get over? There's two rooms downstairs right now. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. One of them I see they actually gather. Mm. Oh. probably for an hour or two and then mm. they, they probably are all vaccinated whatever because mm-hmm. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I know um, on Chris's show they do that same thing too they just come in a room like two or three mm-hmm. days a week but they all like are at the offices because they're in production ah. and um, but they only go in for like an hour or two during the whole day you know I don't know if they're in the room with masks on. I was I mm. walked by one room I didn't see everybody with masks on. You know, I didn't see that room, but I saw there was a massage person over here and they yeah. all had their masks on. So that's yeah. why I kept my, I was like, I don't know, I don't know what's going on. But interesting. I wonder if you, I mean, I'm sure you had to show vaccination proof and. Yeah, I'm sure. Maybe and they're, prob- they're probably tested two or three tested. days a week. Yeah. I know Chris said they're tested like every other day or something to that uh, nature. Okay. It's at least two or, the day, two or three days a week. Yeah. I mean, that's great. Yeah. There is something different about the in-person. Hey, Zoom. I, I do too. I'm really, really over it. And I haven't even been in a ro- mm-hmm. official room, but I was in like a. <clears throat> Uh, what is it called? Script anatomy. Mm-hmm. Script anatomy. Mm-hmm. With Tanya, she's amazing. She's she, I, I, she, she didn't teach my class, mm-hmm. but I just like her, her energy oh, and she's her. Dope. She's yeah. the most motivated. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> anyway, I took a like a course, uh, pretty much at the beginning of the pandemic. Time means nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, it's almost two years, girl. That's I, why. <sighs> That's a long time. So I finished in the Castle Rock Writers Room at September okay. 2019. Wow! And here we are, and it's October. Yeah, my air, my episode aired two years ago now. It's real. I don't know why I'm sharing that with everyone so freely. It's, I don't know. In this business, mm-hmm. we can get a little embarrassed, but it kind of is the way it is too right now. But uh, I, I think we all have a hall pass right now with the mm, last year and a half that's mm, we've been going on. Mm, you know what I mean? Things haven't sold things haven't you haven't had the meetings you used to have you haven't and the thing that sucks about it is all around you other people do it seems that's like the thing that deadline weird. is just as full oh my God. like where right and i think if you like i'm a straight writer like mm-hmm. i i went to boston on set and like produced my episode right. to the extent that like you know a low-level writer does mm-hmm. um so i guess i'm like a writer slash producer but i am not a performer like i'm so point being like if I come out of this time with my own work, mm-hmm. that's what that's what I have to show. For. Like I haven't been in a Zoom room, I haven't done those things, but I have new material. Right. So that's kind of what I'm. That's kind of. But see, to me, that's probably I don't want to say even more important, but to some extent, even more important mm. because, as you know, they always say. <clears throat> that even when you're on staff, you still should be writing, you know what I mean? That's when you can or whatever, because as soon as you go on hiatus, you sometimes you're on hiatus for six, eight months before you come back on a show, you know, depending on the show. Yep. And so that's a long time. 
for you not to have written something else because you know, oh, we're coming back season three. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right, because usually you don't know. I mean, Castle Rock, we thought it was for sure to get a season three Mm -hmm. because it was Stephen King. It was Bad Robot. Right. And uh, didn't. You can't control it. You can't control it. And, you know, it's, uh, I think a lot of us support staff people are in, get in those positions where you're like, oh, finally, hmm. I got an episode. I have a good relationship with the showrunner. Yeah. Next season, I mean, I think I'm a good candidate for staffing because mm-hmm. I know the show now. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So you were saying earlier about, like, right before the Rona, you know, you'd written your episode. So people were referring you to their agents and mm. stuff. Was was there any no coming back once everybody came back? Or do you think they were just more interested in people who are further along? You couldn't go back? Uh, to that CA Or, or whatever other agencies you probably had a meeting with or whatever. Mm. With the CA one in particular, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I reached out and I had heard back from this particular guy. And I think mm-hmm. he didn't end up in the position he thought he was going to and I think now he is in that position so I don't know I've definitely reached out and I'm hoping to hear back Uh, that's a great question because it's kind of presented that once you get an episode that's and and I've seen that happen to other support Mm -hmm. staff people they get an episode and then they get an agent they get a manager they get staffed whatever combination of those things Um, you know I, I guess the truth Turn my head like so. <laughs> the the truth for me is because I had to sort of <clears throat> dig deep and revamp what I'm about as a writer. I didn't have the material that I wanted to, oh, I to use to showcase yeah. myself. To showcase who you are now. To showcase, yeah. Right. And maybe I could have used what I had and used the episode of Castle Rock and gotten the things to click, mm-hmm. but I didn't, and that's not gen that wouldn't have been genuine for me and i think i would have ended up in a place that then well, i had to pivot back to what i really want mm-hmm. who knows i mean quite frankly most people wouldn't have wanted to read the episodes you did anyway because they know there's so many people looking at it and the showrunners probably came in that, uh, yeah <clears throat> you know what i mean so that's not, that's probably not the thing that everybody would be concerned about mm. but it would be much more you mm-hmm. doing the version of you that you want yeah because even the I mean? sample i had mm-hmm. wasn't something I really showcase now. Okay. Like it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's probably like good enough right. for certain people, but but yeah, that's it wasn't it wasn't going to be me. It's not the way you want to go now. Yeah. And in the reps I would have attracted, it's just mm-hmm. not it's not what I so no, that's, that's, that's interesting cuz people they didn't always talk about pivoting. Sometimes you pivot even the way you write. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that like I started off, you know, writing features at first. You know, TV wasn't a big thing in the early 2001 or two, whatever, when I first started writing. Yeah. <clears throat> and so now, I mean, it was a big thing, but it wasn't like everybody was trying to do TV like it is now. And I think by 2006 or seven is when I first started writing TV. Mm. And so, um, and I didn't get on a big show until 2018. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that was by choice. But... But, I mean, I got in some programs and, you know, won a bunch of competitions and, you know, did a bunch of stuff. <clears throat> but it's really about your journey and how you figure out the thing is that shines for you. Mm. Like I said, once I figured out in a meeting that I got the job was I was talking to, to this to this producer. We're having a meeting and he started telling me about being a punk rocker, dude. And I was like, what? I was like, 
Mm. I'm going to tell him about my shit. Fuck it. So I went in. He was like, whoa, dude. We were high-fiving, having a blast mm. while I got the job, right? And I was like, oh. Mm. All, so it was my lesson I learned, I think in 2009 or 10 or whatever it was. I was like, oh, I need to lean into that. I need to lean into that thing that I didn't want people to know about me. Yeah. You know, oh, that was the other thing I was saying to that feature writer. I know mm. that this person is openly gay, mm. right? Well, he's gay, but he's not openly gay. I'm sorry. And there's some secrets that I know he doesn't want people to know. Mm. And I'm like, it's 2021, dude. What are you still tripping about? You know, he's like, yeah, which is where I'm from and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you shouldn't be in a room because you're going to be having too many secrets. You know, it's gonna people, ain't gonna, people ain't going to trust you, you know. Mm, yeah. and, and that's just me talking out loud going, the room, and you know, you've been in many. Mm-hmm. The room is a place where you're supposed to have open conversations people know your worst nightmares they know the fact you used to be an alcoholic they know the fact that whatever you know what i mean mm-hmm. all that stuff comes out in the room yep. if you're not ready to talk about it the room is not for you yeah i'm just gonna keep it real with you you know what i mean i i, I fully agree and <clears throat> it can only help better the story and i was uh another episode you did of this mm-hmm. uh you talked about just that like mm-hmm. you 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 might start a conversation by being vulnerable right. that leads to something that you're actually using for the show. Right. So you might have, you know, buyer's remorse of sharing that, mm-hmm. like have a little bit of an emotional hangover from it, but right. but it led to, again, making the showrunner's job easier. Yeah, and, and that's really the key is you, you, you start to, because a lot of times they're going, guys, you know, think back on when you guys were teenagers, whatever the show is. Mm. That's what they were doing on our show. Like, yeah. remember when you guys were in high school? Like, what kind of things? And I was like, well... I can tell him about this one thing. And I was like, well, and I just started bawling. Mm. You know what I mean? Telling the story and every looking around, everybody else was crying. And it became like the way that people started pitching. They're like telling real shit on that show. <clears throat> and and it opened up even when I was doing even like my digital series and stuff. I'm like, I want to hear real shit. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then that brought out stories, you know, of, of, yeah. of, of trauma and what all that stuff. Like, I'm not trying to start trauma porn. I'm just trying to get yeah. real stuff that we could use and incorporate in stories. It's not going to be the entire thing, but it might be the whole fact in the way that you, you know, the way you guys walked down the hall. That was cool. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Whatever the thing is. Yeah. It's just a little moment or something in there that we could now make the, the character of Eric do or the character of, you know, such and such do that, yep. that, that fits right in with that particular thing. But if you didn't speak up and tell your truth. Yeah. It never would have made it. You know what I mean? Yeah, because really it's the humanity. I mean, it's the relatability. And even if I didn't have an alcoholic dad and the character does, Mm -hmm. the the pain that that caused to that kid could be similar to what I experienced in my relationship with my dad or whatever that makes it more human. Yeah, it's it's not easy. I mean, I think I remember the first time I was super vulnerable in a writer's room and it was Mm -hmm. that moment of like, are they going to kick me out? You know, (laughs) are they going to reject me? Is that going to... Is my career over? You know, <laughs> no. It actually brings you closer right. to people. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Here's, here's the funny thing: is we've all done it. Like we talk about imposter syndrome in, in the room a lot, and <laughs> most of the time you'll say something that you thought was like that, like "Oh, I went too far," or yeah. "I shouldn't have said that," or "Nobody laughed at that." Whatever the thing is, and you think everybody's looking at you the entire day. 
And then you pull one of your friends aside and go, I shouldn't have said that thing, shouldn't I? They're like, what thing? What thing, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It is it's on just no you. one else's radar. Nobody's tripping, bitch. It's no. you. <laughs> it's Which you. It was two seconds of exactly. sharing, and then it was exactly. eight hours. And before. then they were gone with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You gotta, and that's the hard thing about the room. You got to learn to say it, put it out there, and be like, well, I tried. Move on. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about script coordinators a little bit. Let's sure. I have never been one. Mm-hmm. But you know their duties. But I know their duties. Right. And I have been taught how to do the job. Right. And I uh, did it on one of Marty's shows. Let's talk, let's talk about the duties of a script coordinator. Sure. <clears throat> so, hmm. basically, mm-hmm. you are editing and proofreading the script. You are checking for continuity. You're making sure that uh, things that happen in episode for don't contradict with things that happened in one through three or prior seasons. Like you're really in charge of tracking everything Mm -hmm. essentially. And music names. I mean, this, I've saw. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. And then you, you are on some shows you have to code the script before you distro it. So you are doing a unique code for everyone who gets the script, Hmm. which is bonkers. Can you explain that? You know, I'm not sure I fully understand it, but the script coordinator on Castle Rock, it, it like doubled the amount of time the job took. She said mm-hmm. it wasn't hard, but mm-hmm. she basically had to do a unique set of, I think, numbers and characters mm-hmm. so that not mm-hmm. only is the script watermarked with the name, that it's also a code that oh, there's no it. way you can get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because it was bad robot and all mm-hmm. those things it was like Everything a very secret secret coveted yeah. yeah like we we even though we were dead to class it was called something else because they didn't want to get it out oh interesting. Oh, yeah, like literally so like we couldn't do like a thing like when everybody wrote the script you couldn't like put it on twitter and be like look i wrote my oh. episode because it wasn't called it wasn't i was pissed off everyone's like that's not a that's not even a show what <laughs> yeah, are you doing you know what I mean? yeah it was oh, like some that's... cool word that rick came up with i was like that's some bullshit oh uh, <laughs> I, I i wouldn't be surprised if that becomes a trend or if it's happening on more oh, shows than I even oh, realize. Yeah. yeah. We didn't have that, but I think maybe that's the coding instead. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. Anyway. So then you, uh, then the script coordinator has a distro list of everyone who needs mm-hmm. to get the script. So like actors, writers, producers, DPs, ADs, you know, everyone, right. everyone associated with the show. So, uh, a lot of shows use a program called synchronize. That's the one I've used before. That's the only one I've used. I know there's others, but right. you basically upload the script or the outline and click everyone who needs to get it and it gets sent to those people. And then you are available any time of day or night on some shows <laughs> <laughs> to do That's changes. Yeah. Sometimes they're fixing something at midnight and they got to send it to you so you can go through it again and you got to be up to three or four o'clock in the morning. You That's know? right. That's because that, the new everybody... <clears throat> the crew and everybody needs it for the next morning or whenever call time is. But that's the, that's the major, um, that's the bulk of the work for Mm -hmm. script coordinator. I know good script coordinators who are tracking everything in like other documents and because they were doing like the, they were doing the, the story areas, they were doing the outlines, they were, they were looking over everything, make sure everything was spelled right, you know, and all that stuff. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big job. And then I think like we touched on, you're much more on call. You're not always working, right. but you can get a script at two mm-hmm. in the morning, five yeah. at night. Like it can, it varies by show. How does it work that sometimes script coordinators get a script? Do you know? Hmm. 
get to write one yeah i think similar to my situation i think Mm -hmm. it's uh you know there were some like dynamics that i observed that i used to my advantage so i think people can go that route and ask Mm -hmm. i think also from what i've heard there's showrunners who want um the freelance episodes to go to support staff because it's someone who's been there not just coming in for one episode or you know a few weeks in the room it's someone who already knows everything so but this this is why i'm hearing a lot of showrunners in the last i don't know five ten years have been with support staff like you don't just you know do the interview and get the job because you're not a type fast and all that stuff like that mm. they actually look at your scripts mm. like they i hear a lot of people are doing that because they want to know if i give the script you know to somebody to freelance i could just give it to one of them right you know what i mean i think that's uh, a great trend i think it should be i think it's wonderful <laughs> and the only thing that i can think of negative from a support staff viewpoint is if you haven't had much time to write something mm. that new or fresh or that's you know, I'm projecting my own thing of like, that's really genuine to you. And you don't have anything ready that you want to show. Mm-hmm. You won't get that job. That's a good point. Which, do, I turned down a job during the pandemic, which maybe, you know, whatever. But uh, they weren't, I, I straight up asked, is there room for growth on this show? Mm-hmm. I wrote an episode. You know, I'm just kind of looking to see what. You got to, if you the, don't ask, nobody going to tell you. And. Mm-hmm the showrunner was kind of shocked that I even asked and I didn't wow. get that job. And I was sort of like, well, I don't want to work there then because if I, if it was my first writer's assistant job, mm-hmm. I would not ask. No. But, you know, there has to be some sort of that clout. We I think you're about. doing the right thing. I, you know, I, th- I think you would rather not take the job than to be stuck there and just knowing you're not moving anywhere. To know that then you're going to have to go out and find another, another job, again. job, another room, another yep showrunner the way things they like thing you know mm-hmm. the way they like things done yeah it was you know I, I, as a lot of people during this time but even last year mm-hmm. just wondering as we always normally do anyway when's our next job what's our next job right. you know it was the first time i've turned down a job and here's Didn't here's the job. i was saying earlier <clears throat> i meet a lot of you know um emerging writers who are like oh you know i'm really trying to get the writer's assistant job and mm-hmm. i'm like what about the script coordinator like oh you know uh, they're not really writing right i'm like okay here's my thought about this is they also think the script coordinator is below the writer's assistant they don't actually realize it's the reverse of that. Not true. Yeah. Yeah. Like for some reason there's like a rumor, like people think it's the reverse. Which I think they're, I think they should be equal okay. personally. That's just my opinion. I think the pay should be the same. Mm-hmm. They're essentially doing one person's covering like this part of the job responsibilities and the other person's covering the other. Okay. So like, this makes it easier for you and this makes it easier for me. Right. One person's mm-hmm. on the room, one person's on the scripts. So right. That's kind of, I, I'm. I wonder if at some point it was one job and oh, it broke into two because be it's too much and right. you know you can't put out a script while you're in the room taking notes. So mm. uh, I don't know why they're not equal jobs. I don't know why one makes like a dollar or something more. <laughs> to, like it's all become so weird to <laughs> exactly. me. I don't know how this all started. I mean, clearly this is something that hasn't changed in mm-hmm. decades. So um, yeah. So technically, script coordinator is is in the hierarchy, the top support staff position. Arguably, showrunner's assistant 
on some shows is mm-hmm. like the top dog. Like all sports staff reports to that person. Yeah. But other shows I've seen that that's like it's like PA showrunner's assistant, writer's assistant, script coordinator. So mm. just like anything else, there's interesting. The left hand's not always talking to the right hand necessarily. <laughs> you know, it can vary by what people have right. done or preferred. Right. Ah, uh, interesting. Yeah, so, that's funny. That's just my experience of it. Okay, so before I let you go, let's talk a little bit about what's happening right now. Like I said, by the time this comes out, unfortunately, mm. the you know we'll know if IOTC is going to go on strike and whatnot. What are your general thoughts that you could talk about about mm. it? Um, I I voted yes mm-hmm. to strike. I think that's right. You're in Rogers Guild, and I'm still right. I'm I'm on both. Yeah, mm-hmm. so pay my dues in IATSE mm-hmm. and was getting health insurance through them until recently. Uh, I th- at this point, I think it's all that is left to mm. do or that's, that's the leverage that support staff's going to have and crew. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my fiance is a crew person and to see the hours he's expected to work and you know it's like we're you're we're not breaking for lunch today we'll pay you that extra Mm -hmm. meal penalty well we would rather be able to sit down for 30 you know it's it's uh i think the strike is the power so i'm all for it i'm also not on a job right now that it affects directly uh, we have to call Grace today again. <laughs> That's not good. What? But, uh, you, when you call Grace is when you ask, you know, to run through, you know, lunch or to give us another half hour. Oh. You know, all that shit like that. It's it's it, it's it's mm. crews are okay with doing it like once, maybe twice every once in a while. But if you're doing it every other day, it's like, oh, this is disorganized. You yeah, know, and for sure. you know, I think the hum. I've said humanity already. I'll say it again. I think the the, the humanity is what's being lost Mm -hmm. that these are people who aren't 20 years old who can just bounce back you know these are grown people who this is their job and this is their life so i was explaining it to a writer last week um was producing some stuff and he's like well what do you think about the strike thing And i was like i mean i totally support it i said you got to know somebody like me who's produced a lot of things i'm usually the first person on the set because i have the key depending on what the thing is right (laughs) <clears throat> and I'm usually one of the last people to leave, mm-hmm. right? Not always, but mostly. Mm-hmm. And you know who else is there? The support staff. You know who else is there? The crew. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the, it's funny you watch departments just disappear. You know, like mm. makeup is gone first because yeah. of the, you know because they can wrap early because they the touch ups are done. We're just right. doing exterior stuff or whatever. They're gone. You know what I mean? You start to see the departments leave, and <laughs> but you still see. Certain crews, you like you said, the gaffers and all those dudes, they're still yeah around. You know, it's a lot of stuff, and they were there when I got there, and they probably were there thirty minutes before because right. they know they got to set up and they got to do whatever. And um, um, and we start early, yeah, and we're leaving late, yeah, and they're there the next morning, right before I got there. Yeah, their you call I mean? time is at least an hour before. It's crazy. Most people, and yeah. So I was explaining to this person who, who's actually an actor, and I was like, dude, so you show up 
on the set. Mm. You know, you get your food, you go back to your trailer, you chill, you do your thing. You don't even realize what's going on outside. Yeah. You know, and once you leave, once we're like in such and such is wrapped, we're still there another two or three hours, even though we said we were finished. You know what I mean? We got to clean the place up. We got to, we got to load up. We got to, you know, we got to wrap. We got to break everything break down. Everything down. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, it's not. And he was like, oh. And I was like, yeah. And we expect you to do all that because we said grace for an hour during lunch. Now we pushed it and you live in Orange County and we're shooting in Hollywood. You got to drive all the way home at two o'clock in the morning and be back in the set at seven. That's right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. And we expect you to be able to be there. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a lot. He was like, oh. I said, it's not just about the money. Right. I mean, the money is definitely important, but if I know you need to be back and you got to drive such and such, we might want to put you up somewhere. It's like, and that stuff is not happening. People say we're going to take care of you. No, they don't. It's no, they don't. I I agree. I think it's pretty rare Mm -hmm. because, again, the the budget for VFX can be whatever they need on the back end. I've seen what it can be, yet you can't pay for a holiday in room for these people so mm-hmm. that yeah I mean, I mean we've heard the stories especially lately people die people oh, yeah. people are you know oh yeah there's laws now because of people that have died and stuff like right. that right so it's 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 not like oh you didn't get a meal every 6 hours it's like right. it's deeper than that it's way it's deeper way than deeper than that, than that. Yes. and i th- i assume most people in the industry have an understanding mm-hmm. because if you've worked on anything you've met crew members yep you know them, you know their people. You know, it's mm-hmm. like. Well, you were saying earlier <clears throat> about like even being like a writer's PA. I, I don't know if it's happened to you, but I know I've heard and talked to many other, you know, support staff people who said they've been on different shows where they had to go get lunch and the, the, the P card wasn't working or something. Mm. <clears throat> and so they had to pay the 160 bucks or whatever it was for all 10 meals on their own card. And business affairs is like well i see here that you also bought you know uh, um, um a coffee from such and such yeah it's like that's for the showrunner yeah. well you're paying for that like they do shit like that and it's like what <laughs> that little bit of whatever it's like you shouldn't have been over you know better like they dog the assistant for they, things that the showrunner wanted i've seen that happen mm-hmm. i was told when i was a pa don't ever spend your money like mm-hmm. everyone here will understand if you come back with no food right. i'm like oh god will they I, but i've i've worked with another pa who i thought someone had told him i thought <laughs> i had told him mm-hmm. i thought he knew but he came back one day and he's like you know does anybody know what that form is for reimbursement <laughs> i was like oh did marty ask to get something reimbursed you know did the mm-hmm. showrunner because that's usually the only time i've right. had to use it uh and he, ooh, that was the chair. Uh, and he said he he had to pay for the you know wow. hundred fifty dollar lunch mm-hmm. when you're making five hundred a week. Yeah. Like it's just not. I don't know. I, I think he ended up getting paid because on that particular situation, Marty Knoxon is not going to let that go. But I think when it's not a personable showrunner, you might not have that awareness or the ability to ask. Like I haven't seen it. I didn't see it in my room. Um, um, I've done it on on the outside on development rooms and stuff that I've been in because mm. I usually bring in whoever the writer's assistant is going to be. And um, so I'm the one who's usually paying them, mm. right? And so I'll pay them and give them like a tip mm. and stuff like that um, and refer them to other things, right? And 
I hear there are some cultures of rooms where, like, at the end of the week, you know, the room will come together and, like, give the writer's assistant and the, the support staff a tip. Hmm. which I think is amazing. Have you heard of that before? I've been the recipient of like holiday, like bonuses, Mm -hmm. uh, but not like a weekly tip. They're usually on set is like a bucket that everybody puts money in. And then the, but I think that's just set PAs that get Mm -hmm. that money, which is great. Uh, But no, I've never, I've never been exposed. I've heard that. Maybe maybe it's not, maybe it's not weekly, but I I heard it in a weekly connotation though, or since, but. I will say that in any form, holiday, birthday, once mm-hmm. a month, once ever. Like, the it, it's just like that thing that we were saying is if you remember my drink and you know what right. milk I want in it, mm-hmm. it, when you're not making that much money and you're mm-hmm. working really hard because you know, you know, in my case, I knew I wanted to be a writer. I don't right. want to be support staff forever. So when people hand you an envelope and there's cash in it, it's like... <laughs> That's yeah, it's a blessing. I mean, it's like, it's uh, yeah, it's like, oh my god, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought, I thought they hated me because I messed up their meal yesterday, or whatever the thing is. You know what I mean? Or it, I <laughs> mean, they are kind of like thankless jobs, and mm-hmm. there's usually not time for the for the niceties, you know. So yeah. when you give that money, it is like, okay, people one, are acknowledging what we're doing here. One last question. Yeah. Like, one of the things that I was doing, that, like this table, we've done. I've done so many development rooms in this table right here Mm. and one of the things that i'm always doing is like if there's say a younger writer i'd say younger emerging whatever they could be older whatever Mm -hmm. if there's an emerging writer in 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 the circle that i'm in i either take it upon myself or i ask one of my other friends who i know write a lot to take them under the wings to Mm -hmm. give them some education whatever the thing is Mm. and I understand we're in a room and it's a busy situation, but I feel like at least one of the co-EPs, you know, uh, uh, um, somebody above producer level should be the one who pops into your office every once in a while and be like, hey, how you guys doing? Mm. You need help with anything? Like somebody, I think. And that w- I think that would be ideal if at the beginning of the season – the showrunner can establish sort of like a protocol for that. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I know I'm really bad at taking the time, but shoot me an email or a text if that's what you, if you need five minutes or something. Uh, I've seen that very sporadically. Mm -hmm. Well, what I've found is even in the rooms where they do have any kind of version of that, by the time, like I said, we get to 105, 106, and we're in production... Excuse me. All of that has gone out the window because there's just no time. No, and you know? even as support staff, you don't your your needs aren't like I don't know how to say it. You know that your needs cannot be met like that in right. that moment. You're gonna have to get that <clears throat> done right. elsewhere. But I know that I mean I've seen showrunners and co EPs or whatever level writers say, "I'll read you at the end of the season mm-hmm. or when everything ends." Hey, do you have something you've been working on? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are really good about that. That's good. So that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really help like along the way. <laughs> but after a long season, it's nice. I remember on our first day, the showrunners gathered everybody around the, the conference table. <clears throat> they were like, here's an interesting thing. They were like, um, every one of you guys are made it onto the show. Because when we read your scripts, you guys are the only scripts we read the entire scripts. Oh. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. And, and all of your scripts could be their own shows. You know, and that was a 
booster, you mm. know, to everybody's ego, of course, <clears throat> and, and and something I I would probably do, mm. you know, when I get my thing is to that's a one way to grab them in mm. to let them know why they're there. Mm. You know, every one of us are strong. They might be co-EP, but damn it, you wrote a script just as good as they did. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Whatever the thing. So right. it made me feel that, you know what I mean? And I think yeah. that's that's those are like little little things that I was taking with myself you know what i mean yeah for when when the doors open for me to be running shows to be mm. you know what i mean and that's <laughs> a nice way to keep it like it's not oh you guys are doing such a great job it's like mm-hmm. no here's you're you're trying to be a writer right. here's feedback on your mm-hmm. you know why you were hired right i don't know why it made me think of rupaul's drag race but i love <laughs> you would i i it's got me through the pandemic i'll That's tell you hilarious. that um, <laughs> you watch all 12 seasons look and all stars and all stars uh i just rewatched another season of all stars it brings me such joy but i love when rue is deciding like for example at the end of an all-star season or mm-hmm. deciding a winner he just says it's not your time Mm. it's not that it's a no it's not that so right. when your, your journey staff, doesn't in here yeah and it's just not your time to for the crown but like if your support staff even if you're i don't know it, it's just it's that is like a this wasn't your time to be staffed mm. but you're on the show because you can write right that's like a nice acknowledgement interesting yeah, yeah okay i see that that and, makes sense and going into hiring support staff you're very conscious of that people have aspirations. Right. And so you're picking people who are on the verge, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. Everything comes back to Drag Race, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad I slid that in there today. Exactly. But like I said, we'll know um, uh, this week, you know, what's going on with the strike. Um, I hate to even say the word strike because we don't want it to happen, but we know the necessity of it also. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sometimes you got to strike, you know, to, to make change. You know, you got to scare people into whatever, you know. I know it doesn't affect a lot of people with Canada or some other people, mm. you know, maybe England. But it, it it's going to affect people here. Hard. I think so. And I think a lot of times until you mess with people's money, they're not listening. Right. And certain productions did, did are going to lose a lot of happen with the agencies? I don't know. I wonder, did it? Yeah. <laughs> how that? Yeah. <how'd> <laughs> exactly. Okay. CA and ICM, what? Oh. I don't know. I'm not. Sure. I'm not sure about that yet. And it's funny because they were like, eh, "No, I'm not gonna get into." I know that. this is a whole yeah, separate. But. Yeah, yeah. Because who knows what happened down the line? Brother might have to move over there. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not against Sorry. it. No. I'm. I'm just. No. It's. No. It's just an interesting move. At this time, right. I think, but for sure, could change everything positively. Could change everything. Um, awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah. Awesome having you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks. Where, where can people great. follow you? Where are you at? <laughs> Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Purple Hummus. Purple Hummus. Just how it sounds, because yeah. my name is a nightmare to spell. <laughs> yes. You better start branding your name, girl. <sighs> you, well, wait, you wait until you get married. I know. Exactly. I know. I am. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it. I've been wanting to get rid of my last name my whole life. <laughs> um, but then on then on Instagram, I'm Corinne Van Vliet, all spelled out. I'll just let you put it in the show notes. We don't need to waste people's time spelling out my whole giant Somebody name. Somebody might want to follow you. That's all. No, that's great. <laughs> it's that's two R's, one N. C-O-R-R-I-N-E. V-A-N-V-L-I-E-T. V-L-I-E-T. Boy, I've never seen Vliet before. No, it's a, it's a thing. I-E-T. There's a, 
yeah, there's a professional basketball player. Is it? Yeah, Van Vliet, but he's V L E E T. That's about to say he's two E's, all right? Yeah, okay. Sorry, time is on the TV. Van Vliet. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the only time I've seen him. So anyway, and I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow me on Twitter. That's the Twitter like I'm cool. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, fucking Clubhouse. I always say fucking Clubhouse, um, which I'm never on. Um, at Hilliard Guest, you guys can follow the show. Screenwriters RR. Uh, any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, whatever, we're everywhere all over the world. Um, please follow us there, share, um, um, yeah, subscribe to the show, all that shit. Um, Chris will be back, I think, yeah, he'll be back next week because we got, yeah, we got a big show. I mean, yeah. Um, so much shit going on. So much shit going on. Um, oh, please go on our patreon page which is on our screenwriters rr.com page get t-shirts we got mugs we got all that i gotta start promoting this shit more it's horrible um please take a picture tag us let us know you did it that'd be awesome um want to see more of that out there we got some cool shirts out there and mugs and hats and shit all right thank you grand good thank to see you, you girl. indeed indeed um join with me you know how we do it on the rant room on the show we keep it real we keep it opinionated. We keep it what, Korean? Wakanda forever. Yeah. Peace, y'all. I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Red Room. Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class Yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the Red Room. Red Room. Red Room.